You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Uh, so my name is Josh Gray. I get the privilege of being the lead servant here at this church um, and honored to do that. I had the last couple of weeks uh, away and Adam did a great job teaching uh, on Sabbath weeks three and four. Uh, we had weeks one and two. Just a quick review in case you missed it, and it is all online, audio or video. Uh, week one, we talked about that you are made to work. Like it's a gift. It's not a curse. It's a, it's a, it's a gift for you to take care of God's garden, to take care of the earth, to take care of all the animals that are on the earth, to take care of each other, his precious creation, that we were made to do that. We were built to work and to do the right kind of work. In the second week, we talked about uh, Sabbath being trust. We spent a bunch of time in Exodus chapter 16, and we looked at that and was like, okay, but like, do you trust? Do you trust? Do you trust? Is that what God is asking with Sabbath? Is he going to be enough? Are you going to have enough? Is he going to provide enough? Is he the, 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 the God of provision? And so we talked more about that, and we kind of, do, do we believe that God is enough? And then uh, week three, when Adam got to share, talked about remembering the Sabbath, and he kind of had that cool uh, Exodus and Deuteronomy. Uh, one said to remember the Sabbath, and one said to observe the Sabbath. And we talked about remembering the Sabbath, and what does that look like in our families and our lives, and what, why would we want to remember the Sabbath? What happened? And then uh, last week, we talked about observing it, which is really cool. I, I love that uh, discussion. I've been playing this through my head all week. You know, how am I being intentional? about the Sabbath? How am I going to make it substantial? And how am I going to make it sustainable in my life? I wanted to revisit like the critical nature of, of Sabbath uh, this week. And uh, kind of where God is taking me is, is we look at, is it Egypt, Egypt's kingdom versus God's kingdom? So this is where these folks are coming out of Egypt's kingdom, Right? And guess what happened if you didn't produce enough for the Egyptian gods, for the Egyptian rulers? Guess what happened? You're dead. So it's not like, oh, bummer, I guess I'll have to go find something else to do. No, you're not going to find anything else to do. And your family might not find anything else to do because they'll be dead if you don't produce as well. Production, 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 produce, produce, more, 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 do more, have more, be more, come on, more, 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 build my kingdom. And we're building, being forced to build the wrong kingdom. So they're coming out of this generations and generations of produce or you're dead. Produce or you're dead. It was literally life or death. But it's certainly not still that way today. Or is it? What does God say? Over and over and over. What is, what is this about? What is he trying to get you to understand? Trust me. Trust me from Genesis to Revelation. Trust me. Trust that I know what's best 
for you. Trust me, trust me, tr- please trust me, please, please trust me. Let me show you examples. Let me take you to David. Let me take you to, through Moses and Joshua. And let me take you through the, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Tr- would you please, like the creator of the universe is on his knees begging you to trust him. Giving his son. Here, oh, we couldn't do it with just all of these things. Here's my son. I love you so much. I want you to trust me so much so we can build something great together. Over and over and over again. I love this part of Paul. I've been leaning on this quite a bit, even in the last probably six months. But uh, in Philippians 4, 11, 13, you see it tattooed on people's arm. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But before that, he's talking about, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. What is that secret? I can do all things through him. Well, why could he do all things through him? Because he believes him. Because he trusts him. Many of us have seen this scripture. You have it somewhere, uh, magnet. You know, uh, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Straight paths are good. Staying on the path is good. It reminded me of a story in 2015. I think I might have shared this before, but I was in Israel, got the privilege to go to Israel, and I think we were climbing up Mount uh, Carmel. It was one of these cool trips. Get out of the bus, jump over the guardrail, and get off the highway, all 40 of you, really fast. And then the bus driver, then you just know you're in trouble because he's just gone. And you're like, where's, where'd he go? Like, where's the bus going? Huh, bye. And we were climbing up this this path, and it was, I think it was Carmel because it was Elisha, this path of up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, you know, all of these things. We're climbing up this path and the teacher stops and, he, and we were talking about um, walking the path. And when you think about this reference here, he will make your path straight. What happens when you get off of God's path? So we got this fun little exercise to do. We're in our cute little, some of our little shorts or whatever we are because it's hot. And we get to, it's like, our, our rabbi's like, go off the path. Just go start running out in there. And everybody's like, okay, cool. We do that. And we're in thorn bushes. We're in like thorn bushes. Uh, my beautiful wife falls down. I go over to help her. And then I fall down kind of on her or near her. We are like thorn. I was picking stuff out of, I was actually cleaning up my shoes that I wore to Israel. And I was in the inside. I was picking out thorns from five years ago inside of my shoes that I didn't even know were there. I was like, why is that kind of bothering me a little bit? Oh, the path, Josh. So when you trust in him and you don't lean on your own understanding, he makes your path straight. And straight paths are somewhat easier easier to follow and find. So we have to follow our rabbi. And a lot of times I was doing some research this week and spending my time in the text, but then spending time, well, what do other people think about this? And well, I'm not sure if the Sabbath is for now or later and all these other discussions on there. Jesus says, do not, in Matthew 7, 5, 17, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but fulfill them. This still matters. What we're talking about for week number five, how could we talk for five weeks about the Sabbath? I don't know. I'm still not doing it great. I'm going to talk for like 52 weeks. So who gives you the power? Where does power come from? Does not come from what you produce or what you make. It is given to us by 
through Jesus Christ. And who gives you rest? Where does that come from? It comes from our Savior. You know what his name is? Yeah, we can, we can have interaction. Let me hear the online audience. Okay. No, we can have interaction. Jesus Christ gives us the power. By the way, hello to our fabulous online audience. Hello, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, Visalia, California. Uh, I think we've got some folks in North Carolina, Alaska. There's been folks from all over the place that join us. It's super cool. You are, you are family. You are family to us. So thanks for joining us. So let me tell you why I, t- I titled this message, Travel Agents, Tour Guides, and Locals. Travel Agents, Tour Guides, and Locals. So what happens with the sermon is we preach the sermon, and then the following Tuesday we have our sermon club. And the first person who gets to critique the sermon is the one who preached it. And you're like, ah, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. I really missed up on this point. And there's like this, this whole, like, it's pretty cool. If you could be like a fly in the wall, you'd be like, oh, that's what he meant to say. I get it now. For me, most of the time, everybody else does it perfectly. And so we're sitting in there, and we have some good critique. Everybody in there loves me. They care about our church. They care about me as a person. They care about where we're going. But we have critique. And somebody that I really respect uh, after week number two, of the, the message, he said, oh, I gave it up, he, so it's one of three people, good. Um, he said, let me give you an analogy. He goes, so you know, like, there's travel agents, right? There used to be these things called travel agents. They would sit behind a computer, and you're like, I want to go to Bali, and they're like, cool, let me set that up for you, and they would sit behind the computer, and they would be like, I hear, this hotel I hear is pretty good, this is a pretty safe, would you like any excursions? Well, yeah, I'd like to do these. Okay, great. And so they, they set up this stuff for you. They know about Bali. They know about, yeah, you're going to go on an ATV ride. They've never been on it. So a travel agent knows about, about, about something or about a location or a place. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've been there. Okay? And then he goes on to say, and then there's tour guides. And the tour guide like you get there and they're like, hi, welcome. Glad that you're here. Our tour guide, uh, our guide in uh, Israel, his name is Ronan. And I believe he lives in uh, Jerusalem. He, he, he lives there, but he's a tour guide. He's a great guy, not a, not a Christian, but an awesome guy. And he knows every, he was with us all the way and he would add in and then the, and our teacher would give a lesson, but he's a tour guide. He kind of, he could tell you which way to take a right and a left to get to the place and all those things. But he, he, he's there, but, but it's not like, He's not a local. He's not a local to all of Israel, right? And then you have locals. And locals dwell. Locals live there. When you go to some place, you're like, you know, everybody's trying to sell you something. You're going to some place, and you're like, no, i got to find a local. Where, where's the best place to eat around here? Like, you live here. Where do you go? Like, you don't go to the four-star hotel and pay $80 for a meal. Where do you go to eat? And you want to find out to get that local. Like, they live there. They dwell. It's part of who they are. And so I was, after this experience happened in our sermon club, I got angry. And anger is never the primary emotion. Right? It's the secondary emotion. There's, there's, something, there's something else behind anger. I, was, I figured it out. I wasn't angry. 
I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Because, you see, I'm a, I'm a travel agent. I was. I'm a travel agent when it comes to Sabbath. I know about Sabbath. I know where it is in the Bible. I have an address. I could point you how to go there. But here I am, the teacher of a church. And then I got mad at God. But mad wasn't really the first emotion, but whatever. Let's just call it that. Like, why do you want me to teach on Sabbath? Like, why are we doing? You know I suck at Sabbath. Like, and right now, I'm just trying to be a, I'm trying to learn how to be a, a lead pastor, and then we have a pandemic in my first year. And our founding pastors are great, and I'm falling after a founding pastor, and that doesn't usually go well. And then you throw a pandemic, and now I got to teach on something that I'm horrible at. Let's go, I'll teach on money again. No, no, you're going to teach on Sabbath. Yeah, but I'm building a house right now, and there's so many things to do. I don't have time for... Yeah, good. Welcome. One of our guys who's leading our huddle today uh, had a quote from the book that we keep talking about, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. You should read it. And uh, it was something to the effect that Sabbath uh, will find you uh, by invitation or by discipline. Sabbath will find you by invitation or by discipline, meaning you will be brought to Sabbath. So I, here's the thing. It's okay to be a travel agent in areas of your faith, to know about them. It's just not okay to stay there. And it's okay to get more personal and intimate and start understanding God's things, but am I, are we going to understand everything about Sabbath after this seven-week sermon series? Nope. But it's okay to become really not just familiar with an address, but familiar with it in your heart and who you are and be a, uh, a tour guide of it and be able to take somebody with you and be like, okay, this is a cool part of Sabbath. Like, this is cool. It's just not okay to stay as a tour guide in many aspects of our faith, including Sabbath. How about, like I'm looking for a local in Sabbath. I'm looking for a practitioner. I'm looking for, hey, tell, talk to me about Sabbath. And took me on a journey this week. I was like, oh, wow, wow. how do they do it? I watched like a half an hour YouTube video of a Hasidic uh, Jews celebration kickoff to Sabbath. And this guy somehow got access into there and he had his little video, but they couldn't talk to him and they couldn't turn off any lights. I watched this half an hour video and I'm like, and he's like, so how often do you guys do this? They're like, oh, no, we do this every, every Friday night. Well, it looks like there's like a wedding going on here. Like this is like the best silverware in China I've ever seen. I know. You're wearing uh, a suit and a tie and they had their really cool giant hats on. Looked like a tire that ran over a bear, kind of. But every, every Sabbath is substantial. 
it is so intentional. They're like rushing to do their things to like, like it's the big deal. The kids love it. By the end of the video, there's toys everywhere. All, I, I don't know that I could Sabbath the way that they Sabbath. There's kids everywhere. There's toys everywhere. They light a candle for each number of family members they have and they pray over them and the father brings them over and he puts his hands on them and he does a blessing on each one of his children. Uh, not just like, I bless you, thank you. I bless you, thank you. I bless you, thank you. Like, no, like, Ah, just blessing them like crazy. I'm like, this is every Friday. That's a local. Not how they do it or all the decadence or those things, but that's like they fly, he fly back from China to make sure he's home for Sabbath from a business trip. Like that's a local. Now, I'm not saying that we have to Sabbath the same way. But I'm a long ways from that. We're going to spend the rest of our time uh, today here in uh, mainly in Hebrews. And Adam uh, went over Hebrews a little bit last week. Uh, but as I was re- reading that and kind of going over things, I was like, wait a minute. There's like more pieces to this. And I don't even know if my Bible has it broken up correctly in the headings that it's telling me to read and how it's broken up. I think there's just like, this is a bigger piece to this. So we're going to start in Hebrews 3, verse, or Hebrews 3, 7. What did I put here? Hebrews chapter 3, uh, verse 7. So I got it there. So um, as the Holy Spirit says, Oh, yeah, I forgot. We can involve the Holy Spirit in our Sabbath. He would be available, wouldn't he? Good idea. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. So he's quoting Psalm 95 a lot here. What were they being tested for in the wilderness? How'd that go? As he's referring to them, what are they being tested for? Do you believe me? I have this land of milk and honey for you over here. Oh, no, you don't want that? Okay, you don't believe me? Okay, cool, die. We'll get it to, to the folks that can. It says, today, if you hear the voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Where's my heart in Sabbath? Where your ancestors tested and tried, though, for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was so angry with that generation. Why were they? Why was God angry with that generation? Because he's, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Go here, go here, go here, go here. I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Well, I'm not sure you're the creator of the universe. Like, it's easy for me to say that, but I've done that a million times. I said, their hearts are going, are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. The rest of God. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Well, how are we turning away from the living God? What happens? I don't want to turn away from him. What, what am I not supposed to do? 
Are you supposed to obey him? Okay. And, and what? A lot. Like the Holy Spirit, first of all. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as has just been said, re-quoting again, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Probably not us. No. How many people knew about the Sabbath? How many people were, were, uh, were travel agents? Like, you know where it is in the Bible? You've heard of the word Sabbath before. You knew it was one of the ten suggestions. You knew it was one of the ten if you kind of maybe might want to. Right? Long time. Okay, I could be one of those people who rebelled. Were they not all, all those Moses led out of Egypt and with whom was he angry with for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? See, so, so we see that we are uh, not able to enter because of their unbelief. It's talking about entering the rest of God. It has to do with that relationship and that trust relationship and how we're connected. And then it just jumps right across. Okay, great. My, my Bible says a Sabbath rest for God's people. Next. But remember, whenever we have a therefore, we always ask, what's it there for? So because of all of these things that were just said, therefore... Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, since the promise of his rest, of entering his rest still stands, like, yeehaw. We have the opportunity. We have a promise of entering his rest. We have an invitation to enter his rest. Let us be careful that none of us be found to have fallen short of it. Well, how would I fall short of entering his rest? I don't know. I could ignore the Sabbath for most of my Christian walk. That would help. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them. Is the message of the Sabbath value of value to you? Are you moving or changing towards, towards travel agent, tour guide, and a local with Sabbath? It takes lots of work, I know. I think we were told that we have to be intentional about it. Seems like, like there's a whole bunch of work. Yeah, I know. We talked about being substantial. And is it sustainable? So is the message of the Sabbath a great value to you? Because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now, we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. You know what the word is for rest there? Greek word, sabbatismos. Keeping the Sabbath. Sabbath day's rest. So I declare on my oath and my anger, they shall never enter us. Psalm 95, again, getting quoted. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day 
in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, what's it there for? Because of all of this, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who had formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go into it because of their disobedience, how do you not enter God's rest? Disobedience. You choose not to enter his rest. That's how I do it. God, again, set a certain day calling it today. This, he said, when a long time later, after he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Man, there is a connection here, isn't there? For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Are you the people of God? You get a Sabbath rest. You get to choose to enter into that Sabbath rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active. You know, I've quoted this before a lot. For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than a a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Why would I never connect that to Sabbath? Why would I never connect that to Sabbath in all the years I've quoted that, that verse? Well, you know God's word. He's just talking about Sabbath. He's just, the whole thing's about Sabbath. It's about rest, entering God's rest. So this week as I was going through in my head, what, what, does, what does it make sense, Josh? What's going on? Sabbath is not a suggestion. It's a command. It's worth learning the time to invest and understand why God would spend so much time talking about entering his rest. And wherever you are in your walk, for me, I can't stand here and be a travel agent about it. I can't be a tour guide about it within my family. I got to become local with Sabbath. Locals change the atmosphere. They change the environment. Sabbath is for our soul. It's for our minds. It's for our thoughts. It's for our bodies. So again, what does it look like to be a travel agent with Sabbath? This is for you to evaluate like where you are. You know the address. You know it's part of the Ten Commandments. What does it look like to be a tour guide with Sabbath? You're familiar with it, and you have an occasional relationship with it. You cruise by Sabbath and visit it on occasion. Maybe you used to be really intimate. Maybe you used to be a local, and you've moved the other way, away from Sabbath. And then what does it look to be like to be a local with the Sabbath command? Sabbath is about community, 
notice how they encourage one another daily and like all these, the, the verbiage around uh, uh, this passage in Hebrews. It's not like, and you do it by yourself. No, we do it in community. We do it together. Remember where it's positioned in the Ten Commandments. Number four. First three have to do with relationship with God. Sabbath, longest commandment, phrased in a positive format, not a negative. It's not a do not, it's a do, right? And then six about other people, about how we relate to other people. It's the linchpin. So God viewed Sabbath rest as taking your eyes off the things of the world and seeing the kingdom through his eyes. And once we have God's perspective, then we can live out Sabbath rest the other six days of the week. But I need to get rid of the noise. So Sabbath rest isn't about fulfilling rules. It's about God filling your spirit so that you can bring his kingdom to earth. He needs rested workers. And people that are resting in his rest, in his provision, in his guidance. His kingdom looks like forgiveness. His kingdom looks like bringing peace, not chaos. His kingdom looks like caring for those that are less fortunate. His kingdom looks like restoration night. It looks like people healing. It looks like people doing life together. It looks like our our life groups. So my challenge to all of you is to find and enter the rest that was promised to you. Find and enter the rest that was promised to you. Find and enter the rest that is promised to you. We're going to enter into our time of communion, which is an invitation to rest in the arms of a Savior. So if you're new with us um, and you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, we invite you to join us. Uh, if you're just checking things out here and you're not sure what we're doing with this, just just hold on. But rest was given and not accepted. Rest was given and not accepted. Rest was given and not accepted. And then the ultimate rest, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was given and we've chosen to accept him. And when you accept Jesus Christ, you accept his rest. The Lord Jesus, on that night he was uh, betrayed, he took the bread And we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember the rest that we are promised and that we're invited into. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Lord, we proclaim it. Father God, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the chance to worship with my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the chance to 
just share what I've been experiencing this week. Lord, I hope that it's uh, moving in people's heart, but I did hear your promise. And Lord, I want to personally accept that invitation, that continued invitation to follow you through your son, Jesus Christ, that continued invitation to mold and guide my heart and our hearts. That continued information to make us, to make us kingdom workers, kingdom preachers, kingdom lovers. Lord, help us to accept the invitation of rest. Lord, open the pathways of understanding Sabbath deeply in the hearts of every person is in here, Lord. Every person in here. That they would accept and enter the rest that you have promised us. Help me do it, Father. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the promise of rest. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.